Welcome to the Roma Press Podcast with John Solano and Andy Mattioli. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another Roma Press Podcast. And, and what is undoubtedly a first when we say that we're going to be back later in the week, but it turns out to be like three weeks. We're actually back early this time, which, again, we're going to savor it. And the occasion may or may not, depending on your general view of it, be for a good reason or a bad reason. Nicolo Zaniolo is gone. He has joined Galatasaray. So, Andy, in the span of nine months, he has gone from uh, score, clinching and scoring the first uh, trophy for Roma in almost 15 years, first European trophy, to now playing in the Turkish league. And I mean no disrespect. Well, maybe I do in comparison to the Premier League, but obviously... Uh, an unforeseen move for him, I would say. And to be honest with you, as as Tiago Pinto said today even, it was unforeseen from Roma's point of view, not planned at all. This is something that, in terms of overall uh, transfers and how this one was carried out, it was chaotic to say the least. It involved multiple intermediaries and then the one who clinched it in the in the final hours this guy who I have never encountered before George Gaddi no idea uh how uh, well known or not well known this guy was i mean it came out of nowhere we hear multiple figures and now a lot of this has to do with Roma using a different base figure than what uh, Vigorelli was leaking to everybody because he was he was trying to and this is if you haven't been able to catch my not so subtle uh, tone when I speak of this guy I I do not like Claudio Vigorelli at all not really a fan huh. of him. that's yeah, a, well, that's that's the first time I, <laughs> I hear well you here's this. the thing that he did that. Um, and perhaps rightfully so, because this is the way it's going to appear in the books. But for for all intents and purposes, Andy, because this is going to look as if Roma sold him for 16.5 million euros, and it's going to be used as fodder for trolling. Okay, fine. It's 16, okay? 16.5 is the base. So, yes, on the face of it, it doesn't look great. But there's 13 million Include so it's 16 and a half plus 13 in bonuses. Um, Roma are saying half of those are easily reachable, it's more like 75 percent. Um, nearly all of them are very easily reachable, has to do with goals, appearances, um, times he's called up. It's very, it's very easy if they do not, if they do not fulfill all um, 13 of the bonus, I would be shocked. But Andy, on top of that, too. They get a percentage on his uh, small, a slight percentage on his potential resale um, above what Gala are purchasing him for. And then obviously we still have uh, the percentage that Roma has to pay to Inter. And I have really enjoyed some of the hot takes I've seen from Interisti in these hours. So that's fun as well. But Vigorelli has been. Uh, 
I, I think this is him trying to be very passive aggressive. I don't know. It's like when somebody somebody calls me like buddy or something. You know, I view that as like unintentionally passive aggressive. I don't know. Maybe it's just me being insecure. I don't know. But uh, yeah, Vigorelli has been uh, making sure everybody knows it's 16 and a half. He, he has been making that point very clear. In fact, well, he has almost gone out of his way to make it very clear that this is the case. So again, this guy not having him, uh, not having him play an integral part anymore. Uh, around Roma in and of itself is worth it. But Andy, I guess based on the the, the figures on the operation, what, what do you think? Because I have to be honest with you, um, like Tiago Pinto said, to do something this late is always difficult. I have, I, I mean, the fact that we're even getting close to 30 is shocking to me, which if you had told to us one year ago, two years ago, we would have ripped your face off and said, are you nuts? You're only selling him for that? But now it seems like a miracle. It does. It does. It's um, honestly, I I had given up, and 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 uh, I I really I did imagine that um, Zaniolo might remain here until until the end of the season, and who knows what next? Maybe even until the end of his contract, knowing how the Friedkins took it personally, um, his decision to to turn down the Burnmouth offer. But uh, but I agree that. Something this late uh, is never easy. Something this late is never easy. People might be initially disappointed by the figures that they're seeing. They think 16 million. Well, fixed fee, 16 million. What is that? Um, But the the whole formula, the fact that then you also have an option for two uh, young players that Galatasaray... Uh, one I think who's like twenty, the other one I think is uh, I don't want to say something. I think is sixteen. Yes, uh, and and I have to give Filippo our good friend a hat tip on this one because we he was the first one to find out the names. We were told that they were going to get an option, and he was the first one to break the name. So uh, applause to him. Exactly. It's uh, it's I mean it's a it's a team effort it was a team effort for uh for the media to find out about this and it was a team effort for uh, for Roma to get this deal over the line because obviously i i'm not sure if the extension of the turkish transfer window was extended uh the, the extension was made official uh or if 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 that 10 day extension is still up in the air but anyway you are still working with a deadline so in order to get the 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 money that you want, the figures that you want in your favor with us with a with a club no, that knows that you're desperate uh, this late in the year after all that happened with with Zaniolo with his preference for Milan uh, with uh, the Bournemouth offer everything I mean everybody knew that so as Roma you immediately are in a position that um is quite problematic you are in a disadvantaged position and and that's that's something that um i applaud tiago pinto for because you know you go into these negotiations uh, and you cannot let uh others take uh, you know take advantage of you um even though you know that you can't really dictate terms in a situation where you're confronted with a player who wants to leave at all costs. And I find this comical, the fact that Zaniolo, not even, what was it? I mean, not even a week ago, not even a week ago, he uh, releases the statement 
where he basically says, well, you know what, all things considered, I'm here, I'm available to play if you want me. <laughs> and uh, and it was so clear, right, clear as, right. in, as daylight that Roma were just not having it. Yeah, not, speaking uh, of passive aggressive. <laughs> absolutely. They just, they completely ignored it and uh, actually went the opposite way. They said, you know what, God damn it! The Turkish transfer market is still open. We're gonna we're gonna send you to Turkey, and um, and, and so I applaud that because you know it's it's one thing when a player hands in a transfer request and then you know says I'm still you know I I want to leave but I'm here and I'm I'm ready to work my ass off in the meantime. If you find something for me, great. If not, you know, no worries. But what Zaniolo did was basically say, I'm done. I'm done. I don't want this. I want to move. I don't want this. I don't want to be here. I don't want to play for this team anymore. And then decides not to accept the only offer that had come at that point. Mind you, in, a, in, in the best league in the world, um, with a team that can honestly spend more than the champions of Italy, uh, so Milan, for example, um, a team that is now fighting relegation in the Premier League can spend more than the Scudetto winners. Okay, let that sink in. Um, right. And you still, yeah. you know, you still don't want that. Okay, fine. Then you decide to to stay out, and then and then you hesitate and you hand in a, a statement where you don't even apologize, but you basically say, uh, you know, uh, I'm not so sure about this anymore. No, and Roma did the right thing to ignore it, to continue looking for something, um, get whatever you can in by, by, by before, before the end of the Turkish transfer window, get in, get out, leave them there. Bye bye. Thank you very much. And, um, all in all, I'm very impressed because I really didn't believe that this could be done so quickly. Um, with this kind of formula, you have, uh, uh you clearly see Roma, Make a compromise. They get a fixed fee, sure, which is great. You get some money immediately on the get-go. But there is also an investment in the future. There is the idea of the sell-on clause. There is the idea of uh, the option for two uh, for two young players from Galatasaray. That is That all points to a club that even in a situation where it was all right for them to panic, they could have panicked. It shows that they didn't wait all these three because for the last three days we are reading it's down to the details. They're working on the paperwork. The deal is not done. The deal is almost there, but it's not done. Still in negotiations, still discussing the final details. That shows in that formula, in, in that whole thing, you can see that Roma spent the past 72 hours making compromise after compromise, trying to work things out. And they did. In the end, I think these are favorable terms, all things considered, for whatever you could have done. With 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 in, in keep in mind, this is the really the last week of any transfer window in the world. This is a, a Turkish club, so you know, not you don't have teams necessarily splashing 30, 40 millions on players. Mm. So this is this is really a way for Roma to cut off something to to basically part ways with somebody that was clearly so toxic, the situation was so toxic that they that they thought to themselves, we have to. We have to do it. They did it. I applaud them because um I think many people doubted that. 
Yeah, and uh, for whatever Roma lacked in transfer fee, for what people may believe they lacked in transfer fee for Zaniolo, I think uh, Tiago Pinto at least made up for in the growth of uh, his balls in that uh, press conference that he gave today. There has to be this clip going around somewhere. And if anybody has it, I urge you to please uh, send it over to me. Because did you catch the part, uh, Andy, where... uh, Pinto's talking about Zaniolo, and he basically said, well, not basically, he did say, you know, if I were to leave Roma one day and the only clubs that came in for me, let me rephrase, the only concrete offers that came for me were Bournemouth and Galatasaray, and he kind of, you know, shrugged his shoulders a bit. I mean, I have to say, there are plenty of things, I think, that can be levied against Tiago Pinto. And even in this press conference, he himself said, Vinya, Shomurodov, those are my responsibility. Um, compare that to, uh, to one, of, uh, one of Roma's previous sporting directors, more in particular, the one that uh, is from Svilia. Uh, day and night comparison in terms of uh, responsibility or, or at least willingness to uh, raise the hand and admit fault. But, man, I, I have to say, for whatever issues, f- uh, faults, problems you may have with Diago Pinto and w- the acquisitions he did or did not make, I loved every word that came out of that beautiful mouth of his. Um, even, even if he has put on a few stone, again, every time I hear something I like from him, I go to his, uh, to his WhatsApp and I compare his... Uh, uh, his Portuguese mobile photo to the one of uh, his Italian one. He's fully bought. I mean, he is Roman at this point now. I mean, he has bought in. And uh, I just loved everything he had to say. Because he didn't hide from the fact that, yes, we could have done much better on this. He didn't, Andy, even hide from the fact that they asked him his overall assessment of the market. And he said, this. I mean, for all intents and purposes, he said this market was shit. We didn't do anything. Didn't improve. Now we have to put all of our uh, eggs into the basket of Vinaldum recovering. But he said, I, I don't like what we did. I thought we d- didn't do nearly enough to improve the team. So I, I have to say, if, if you are disappointed in the thing that Roma received for Zaniolo, I, I can absolutely understand that. But Andy, as they say, it, these are the cards he was dealt. And I think for what he was given, I think he played his hand about as well as you could have asked. He did. He did. I um I honestly think there was uh, there was uh, a lot of you know, I think when this guy because again, I people don't realize I think the the the, the big criticism for for Pinto is well, he doesn't have a scouting network and blah, 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 and, you know, he doesn't have this and he doesn't have that and he's not bringing in new exciting young talents and uh, and then I have to hear the same old story about Walter Sabatini. And uh, I, I love that people forget that Walter Sabatini was a great scout for about the first two years. Afterwards, there was no scouting. And, and Walter Sabatini, the scouting ended with Gerson getting the number 10 <laughs> promise to him. That's how bad scouting was with Sabatini at the end. So let's not forget... Um, 
who Sabatini really was at, at, at some point in time. A brilliant hey, scout. By the be, way, I just have art. to add, he has turned into the Facebook, uh, like a Facebook aunt or uncle, because now what he has oh, he is, is, because he, he is. has a lot of time now on his hands, he does the thing where he forwards those like ridiculous things on Facebook that you see like your 55-year-old uh, or, or my father forward. who sends me the, the, the you know the the WhatsApp thing that where on WhatsApp it says has been forwarded many many times yeah that's <laughs> that's, that's pretty much <laughs> that's exactly what he does now so he's he's uh, using his time wisely but I interrupted go on no and and uh, but Tiago Pinto remember he was brought in after that after the uh, a year that Roma didn't have a, a sporting director anybody in that role the closest one was Morgan de Sanctis um who wasn't even qualified at that time so uh, Tiago Pinto was brought in to basically clean up the whole mess and why is he called general manager because his duties differ from a sporting director he was brought in with a different background, with a different idea. He was supposed to be the guy who cleans up, who sweeps the floor when when the Friedkins take over. And that's what he's been doing. If you look at the wage bill, which is not the primary thing that Roma, that Roma fans, people look at, it, it, it's pretty evident by the by the by the absolute masterclass in in getting rid of a lot of the dead weight and sort of setting the priorities with the limitations in mind, and I want to highlight this again, with the constraints of the financial fair play in mind, which, mind you, have impacted Roma's UEFA list for the uh, upcoming Europa League games with Sol back and being out, because that's how bad it is. That's what you're working with. You have to make the best of it, and I think that's what he did during this press conference. He highlighted that fact that he knows his work is not perfect, far from perfect. This is a guy who moved from being an advisor with at Benfica, not even in a senior role, to being in charge of basically Roma's entire sporting department and more. So what we're talking about is a guy who has so many responsibilities that he admits there is a lot of things that he's still got to learn. And there are ways and ways to learn for, for Tiago Pinto. He knows that. Everybody knows it. Mourinho knows it. He works closely with him. So uh, there are mistakes made. Some signings that didn't work out. Vinya Shomurodov out on loan. Why? Because they came in at the wrong time, uh, at the wrong point in time, because I think they could have been useful some other time. But at that point in time, it just didn't pan out. Now back on the back out, out of the club in order to get some value up. Great. Um, but otherwise, this is a Pinto that is 100% transparent. The, the Zagnolo thing is not entirely Zagnolo. It's obviously there are things where Roma maybe didn't mediate uh, enough with with uh, with Vigorelli. Maybe they they weren't as close to Zaniolo at certain times when Zaniolo wanted them to be. You know, maybe didn't feel the confidence of the club in him. Whatever it was, everybody takes their own responsibility. That's what Pinto is doing. Um, and I think that's important to acknowledge because very often these press conferences, either they're not done in the first place. I mean, he could have chosen not to do it um, or they're usually to pat each other's back. I mean, I will never forget uh, Fasson and Mirabelli. Remember the yeah. wonderful <laughs> summer with Milan when they spent like yes, 200 million on, yes. on like... And they just went on a tour, and basically, they—they—it they, they, seemed like they were the Rolling Stones, and they haven't worked since. Okay, so <laughs> that gives you an idea. Oh, no, Mirabelli been... is at uh, Padova, isn't he? 
Oh, well, Come see, on, okay, then, man. okay, then, then he's back at work in Padua. You can't be That's... shitting on my, my I'm sorry. My okay, six, six years later, Mirabelli gets a job in, uh, in, uh, in, <laughs> at Padova, and, and Fassone is nowhere to be found. Um, but, but the, 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 so very often these are occasions where a sporting director basically, you know, pats himself on the back, tries to say, you know, I'm, I've, I've done all I could and I'm great. And, um, and now please look and, and admire. And I thought Pinto did very well because he acknowledged his shortcomings and uh, he acknowledged Roma's shortcomings, but he reinforced the idea that, listen, it's not like this is going to change overnight. This situation with financial fair play, the fact that we have these limitations, these rules that we have to respect, it's not going to change overnight. It's not something I can change. It's not something Mourinho can change. If we get to the Champions League, then we take an important first step in order to manage that, to to make life easier with that. But I think he was very realistic about what it means to be... um, to be in a position where you have to take these kinds of decisions at Roma, because Roma could have waited. Roma could have let Zaniolo sit in the stands for until the end of the season, but they didn't. They wanted to go for it. They wanted. They said, you know, it, it's it's not worth it. We can't lose that much money. We have to uh, make a compromise. We have to take some money now. Maybe have something for the future. That's hence the the sell on clause, the, the the option on the two young ones. Great, um, but it, 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 job's not done. Job's not perfect, uh, and it's not going to be. It's going to be difficult. You you know the the signings of Paolo Dybala or Gini Wijnaldum or Mourinho in the first place don't come at any cost, and they don't come easily. It's something that Roma study carefully. They look for the opportunity. I mean, the, the, the Paolo Dybala signing is all opportunity, and I. And I strongly believe that yes, Mourinho had uh, an inf- influence on that on that signing. He surely had a lot of uh, impact on, on, on Paolo yeah. Dybala's decision making. But I think that that was uh, a lot of credit has to go to Thiago Pinto. That just shows you that he's someone who knows what he's working with, and so he knows how much those opportunities are worth. And I think that's why he was so pissed. And that's why the Friedkins are so pissed at uh, Zaniolo for his decision to turn down Bournemouth because I think that Thiago Pinto saw the opportunity of signing Hakim Ziyech and uh, and once that was gone, yeah, well, that's a decision yeah. that you will regret later on. And I think he had yes. more lined up. I think if you earn 30, say 36 million from, from Bournemouth, um, whatever it was, if you weren't that in the in the final days of the transfer window, you go for two signings, not just one, two. And I think when he says we let three players go, but and we only signed two, that's what he means. You sign, you leave, you you let three players go, but you sign four four players, and that's why I think that it, it just shows you that Pinto is on the lookout and and basically that's the whole arc of this Roma is being on the lookout. They may not have the greatest scouting network in the world. They may not bring in the talents that Borussia Dortmund bring in basically. But this is a club that is trying to do a lot with very little and 
if possible, they want to make impactful signings. Now, January was a disappointment, and uh, and Pinto knows it himself. But there is that once again that reaffirmation that we have to work with what we got, and uh, we are in a good position. Shame for Coppa Italia. I know I like that he mentioned that he again. Yes. You know, it's because it's important to acknowledge that was one objective that you failed to reach. Okay, but now we're in a position to do this to go and fight for the Champions League, which inevitably can help us in the long term. Yeah, 100%. Ziyech, that's the one that hurts the most. I can say with 1,000% certainty, they could have have closed for him. Had Zaniolo accepted Bournemouth? Because we saw... um, And I mean, to to even add to that, because again... um, the agent of Ziyech uh, is familiar with Roma, close in previous seasons. I don't need to to re uh, reignite that. Uh, everybody knows where I stand on that one. Grazie, Monchi. Um, but we saw what happened because uh, Roma thought they were close for Bournemouth bringing Ziyech. Uh, and then when that fell through, when Zaniolo said no, Ziyech had to go talk to PSG. That fell through and he ends up remaining at Chelsea. He was very angry about that. But as you said... Given everything, I I don't really know what more could have been expected. And I think you put it perfectly about uh, Pinto and the way he's approached this entire thing, even not uh, this situation alone, but since he's been at Roma. Um, So to end here, we're going to keep this short, but what is his legacy then? Because it's such a weird way to, I guess, analyze Zaniolo because I... It would have been one thing, Andy, had he left after Conference League. It would have been far easier to have a more balanced opinion, have a more fairer outlook on everything he has done. But now, in the manner in which he's left, he really has. And it's his, it's his own fault. It's the fault of Claudio Vigorelli. It's the fault of his parents, who uh, both his mom and his dad, Frank, 7'7", seven, seven, and... Uh, Igor, who I think did a major disservice to him. And I think it's the fault of people he has decided to surround himself with, but it's also the fault of Zaniolo. Andy, I I just, I look at the things he's done. For instance, mocking, I don't know if mocking is the right word, imitating Jose Mourinho with the post on Instagram of his feet, feet up in the car. It's things like that. You know, there, there's one way if it's broken between you, the supporters, the club. There's a way to do things. There is a certain path that you can take where you, you make a choice. Do you make it ugly? Do, are, are you boisterous in the way you decide to go out? Or do you stay quiet, act professionally, do what you can behind the scenes to facilitate? the transfer that you so desperately want. He chose the former, and even if he did score that goal in Conference League, it's amazing to me how quickly this stuff can topple. Because, Andy, again, nine months ago, hero. Now we have uh, people who two, three years ago saying, okay, I wouldn't sell this guy for $80 And now we are calling it un affare because of how much we're getting for him at this point, 
this late in the I don't even know why we're calling it the window. It's so late in the season. We should just word it that way. I mean, talk about self-sabotage. Really, uh, there's no other phrase or word that I can think of. But this was self-sabotage for the guy, yeah? I think when... Okay, let's. I I was. I wanted to get to this to to legacy. Oh gosh, legacy. okay. I'm going to sit back. I'll mute myself. <laughs> no, I, you know, I I was thinking that um that it's it's very sad how this how all of this turned around because I remember us sitting here, maybe what was it two three years ago, and um and we were discussing the examples of. Players that Zaniolo remind, had reminded us at that point, with in mind that he was like 20, had just made his debut, was literally carrying us on his back in that awful, awful season, 2018-2019. Scores against Porto in the Champions League. Remember his debut goal against Sassuolo? He has Consigli sit down twice. Yeah, and Marlon is sitting them both on their backs. And I remember yeah. we were talking about it like this was the second coming of Totti. And I don't mean to sound blasphemous, but we really did talk about this guy being the most excited we had been for anybody, anybody that young in decades. Somebody who's, I mean, the whole pitch lit up when he had it going and and in, in those first years he had it going every single game when healthy he was sensational and and everybody wanted him I, I mean he was constantly being talked about along the bigger clubs constantly being linked to Juventus for whatever reason he was that name that just kept returning to Juventus time and time again makes his debut, all-time debut against Real Madrid from the start in the Champions League. Obviously, we lose that game, but it, it just it gives you an idea of the kind of player that we were talking the, the kind of uh, introduction he had. It was like, a, it, it was just like a, an explosion. It was unbelievable. The things he did on that pitch were unbelievable. To us, I mean, we felt in, a, in an awful, awful season, we felt better because there was, there was this guy we could look up to, right? We could look towards him and think, "My goodness, there he goes! That that's that's one talented player. He's gonna take us a long way." I, I, then I remember another episode. We sat here and we and we talked about if he keeps playing like this, will we give him the number ten? I remember we had this discussion on an episode that once again shows you. The, the just sort of the affection that this guy had built around him, around this fan base. The how it, it just seemed like he was the one, you know, he was gonna be the next big thing, and and he had it for a long, long time. He injured himself once, got back on the pitch, still, still good, still magic, and then once again, boom, terrible injury, another one. We're all around him. The fans wait. The fans understand, you know, this is a guy who was so brilliant, maybe too brilliant at his age. And now he needs to take a step back and reassert himself and understand what kind of players he is. Uh, gifts us 
you know, a goal out of nowhere to win our first European trophy. And there is an understanding that, yes, that he wants to stay. He, um, The club wants him to stay, but he has to prove himself. He has to turn it around. There is something that he still has to show, that he's still the one that he's still got it. And and all of a sudden, it seems like he's incapable of doing that. Of of, um, I think he's he was just afraid of of finding himself in a situation where he's not trusted, and and maybe it, you know the 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 stage got too bright for him. Maybe he wasn't he didn't know how to reciprocate the love he was getting. But it it, it just felt like something died down in him. Just something completely um, faded from everything that made him special in the first place uh, there his reaction to 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 the few whistles and boos in that genoa game um was so over the top but it really showed you where he was at mentally by that time he had just tra- he had already uh filed in his transfer request and after that he he didn't play anymore for the club so it just shows you that something in him changed over over time. I think the injuries contributed that, but I also think that ego plays a huge part in that. Um, being surrounded by the wrong people plays a huge part in that. Like many players who are special, and then you look back and, and you understand that something went wrong, he wasn't able to fully grasp how good he had it here. It, it, just, it just wasn't it. Um, and I think there was a point where in the summer he was tempted to leave and probably should have left then, but something told him, Hey, you know what? I'm going to try. And there was those famous photos of him sitting with, with Pellegrini during Roma's preseason. And Roma even gave him a captain's armband in a preseason friendly in Portugal, sort of to say, look, kid, you know, this is not over. We yeah. still got you. We still got your back. You still have a contract with us until uh, for for another year and a half. Still good. You just have to you just have to get back on track and 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 show us who you really are. And I think what happened afterwards really showed who who he is. And and on and off the pitch. And that's very important. And that's very unfortunate that that we find ourselves in a situation where um, where Zaniolo is no more. Uh, no more with us, and 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 that he's, you know, that now we view him as some kind of traitor. I don't want to view him as a traitor. Mm. Um, I still, I will, st- I will point. always remember that first season, that f- that first year and a half with Roma. Yeah, Di Francesco was- throwing him on at Champions League against Real Madrid out exactly, of nowhere. You know, and yeah. and and just him being that guy. He was really, I mean, it just was magic. Everybody was crazy. Everybody. There is not one person that now, I know that now everybody likes to, you know, talk bad bad about him, and I completely understand it. Every single one of those critics were absolutely going mad when he was doing those things because I, the, the, a player with that pace, with that strength, with with just that natural flow... I hadn't seen somebody like him in a long, 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 long time, especially at Roma. And um, so it's all in all, it's it's sad because you thought, hey, this guy, he's a good one. He's one of the good ones, you know. And and um, but then I realized that it's not meant for everybody. And I think 
what we can learn from this is we can learn to appreciate guys like Pellegrini. I honestly mm. think that Pellegrini, all things considered, he could be even a better player than he is right now. He could be a much better player. I don't think he has a ceiling as high as Zaniolo had at the beginning, but he could be a much better player, perhaps even somewhere else. Playing somewhere else, I think Pellegrini could could be much better player. But he he's he he he's made a decision and he's not you know he's not hesitating he's not doubting it he's made, he's made a decision that will will inevitably halt his development slow down whatever he had, limit him limit him because we saw him thrive under Fonseca in a specific role we saw him thrive on occasion with Mourinho too but there are things that he now his role as a captain as Sort of the next, the next generation after the the, the Totti, De Rossi, and so on. He he's taken a huge responsibility, and I think that's the difference between somebody like Pellegrini and Zaniolo. Zaniolo may have had the bigger talent, but he's not willing to take the responsibility. And I think that will always ultimately catch up to you when you are playing for Roma. If you're not willing to make the sacrifice to make to take the responsibility, think of Stefan El Sharawi. Now we consider him. A seasoned vet, a perfect example of a player who's always about the team and uh, and who's always there ready. And we're all waiting for him to extend his contract, which seems yes. unbelievable. Um, but we are because he's willing to take responsibility, because he's willing to make the sacrifice. Zaniolo, there, has, there came a point where he wasn't ready to take that, to take that responsibility, to make the necessary adjustments. He said, no, you know, I can't. I don't feel good about it. I don't feel like I'm growing. I'm not having a good time. I want to move. Shame, because it started so beautifully well. It was so beautiful, and eventually it all came crashing down. Hmm. Perfect way to summarize and put an end to this one. All right, everyone, we will be back after the weekend. Uh, so chat with you once more in a few days. Until next time, ciao. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.